Uh, very good morning. Welcome. Wonderful to see you. Um, everyone online as well. Fabulous to be here and uh, to be leading the church with Sam. And I want to talk uh, from a Bible passage, a story uh, that Jesus tells in the Gospels in Luke chapter 11. And I think there's something for us here. So this is the story. Jesus said to his disciples, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if you have a son who asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We're talking about uh, prayer today, but I think that there's something about what Jesus says about prayer that goes beyond simply prayer, but gives us a whole frame of reference to the way that we will live our lives for this second half of 2023. Uh, you may know that the only recorded time that we have of Jesus being asked to be given his advice for how to do anything is on this topic of prayer. When the disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And this, what we've just read, this is the story that he gives us. Like all good communicators, Jesus replies with a story to teach them. It's about a man who has gone to bed at midnight. And midnight in the pre-electricity culture is really the middle of the night. It's not like they were just staying up a bit late uh, watching Netflix and had just gone to bed. And in that culture, most people lived in a one-room house. And so when this man comes knocking for something, and did you notice it's not for an emergency? I mean, it's not a life and death situation. It's just that a friend of his has come on a journey and they need some bread. Then it is impossible for the one who is inside the house to respond to that man's request unless he wakes up the whole of his household. But eventually, as the one keeps on knocking, he does get up and gives him what he needs, responds to his request. But Jesus makes this, this is the point, that he responds not because of his friendship, not because he cares, but because of his shameless audacity of the one who's doing the knocking. And I've called this talk, Pray Boldly. But that word is too soft for what's in here. It really means rudeness or discourteous 
or impudent or impertinent or relentless or shameless audacity. And Jesus says, come to God like that. And in case you thought that was a one-off, Jesus is continually talking about how we should pray, how we should relate to God in this way. So a few chapters later, chapter 18 of Luke's Gospel, he tells another story, this time about a woman who goes to a judge. And this judge, she's looking for justice, but he is unjust and he doesn't care and he will not respond to her call, except that she keeps on knocking until eventually he responds. It says, not because he is a just judge, And not because he cares, but because in order to stop her from bothering me. (laughs) Otherwise, she will wear me out. And Jesus says, pray like that. Bare-faced boldness. Interrupting. Shameless. Rude. Discourtiness. Impertinent. Impudent. And the question is, Do you and I relate to God like that? Just as an aside, a parable, which this story is, is different from an allegory. An allegory is a story where every point relates to something. A parable is not that. A parable, which this is, just has one point. So Jesus is not saying that this is what God is like, that he's like an unreluctant friend or an unjust judge? Because that's not the question he was being asked. The question he was being asked was not how does God receive prayer, but how should we give prayer to God? And he says with shameless audacity, with barefaced boldness, with discourteousness and rudeness and impertinence and impudence. This is why this story, Jesus goes on to say that prayer is like knocking on a door Because if you and I go up to a front door and do just this, that won't bring anybody. The people inside will think, has something just fallen off the wall? What's that noise? No, it only works because of repetition. That's what brings someone to the door. Is this how you pray? Is this how you relate to God? Many years ago, before ever I was married, I lived with a family here in London. And the father of the family, before it was ever a thing, he worked from home. And his office, his study, was on the ground floor in the house, uh, looking out onto the garden. It had big uh, sliding window doors right into the garden. And his office was the only access from the house into the garden. And the trouble was, I, living in that house, I kept my bike in the garden. And so every time I wanted to go and fetch my bike in the day, I had to walk and get through the office where this father in the house was working. And sometimes he'd be engaged in deep work, planning on something, preparing something. Sometimes he'd be in a meeting with members of his staff. Sometimes he'd have a high-level external meeting with people who'd come to see him. And as far as I can remember, every time I knocked on the door, he always said, come in. 
In fact, more often than not, he would get up from where he was sitting and come and open the door. And then seeing it was me, he'd walk over to the big sliding glass doors and open them and go and pick up my bicycle for me and carry it back through the office out towards the front door. He was always being interrupted. But I never on any occasion remember that he ever did anything other than welcome me and help me in. And I know that because the father of that house was my dad. (laughs) And he was constantly being interrupted by me and constantly responding. I want to suggest that the quality of your life and my life in this next season will boil down to your understanding, your view of who God is to you. The reason why we must pray like this is because we are God's children and we must become more and more His children. This parable called the friend at midnight Afterwards, Jesus carries on what we read and he switches the metaphor about how we should approach God in prayer. And he says we should approach him like a father. Which of you fathers? Because Jesus never said our judge which art in heaven or our friend which art in heaven, but our father. And the sadness is That though many begin their Christian walk, their journey with Jesus, with a childlike, simple trust, they can grow up into routine and caution and holding just a little bit back and not asking for too much because we don't expect too much. As G.K. Chesterton said, we have sinned and grown old And our Father is younger than we. God is asking us to have an eternal appetite for infancy. What do we know about children? Little children, well, for one thing, they have an unrealistic grasp on reality. You try try telling a little child that something can't be done. Another thing is that they are exhausting, constantly nagging and bugging you for things that they want. They have also, though, a trust. They don't pretend to understand everything that is going on in their world, but they assume safely that the grown-ups in the room somehow have got it. I love this time of year because uh, some of you, some of my friends as well, have been putting up on Instagram photographs of your children going to school for the first time. Yeah, you drop off your year four, your um, four-year-old in reception for the first day at school. You don't say to them, you'll be all right getting home on your own today, won't you? <laughs> you better pick up some food on your way home. hope you've got some money to pay for it. No, no, if you are a four-year-old, a little child, you, you safely assume that there'll be somebody there to collect you, that there will be some food, and you assume that you will be cared for. That's uh, 
really principally what I believe that God has to say to you and to me. That you have to think of yourself, I have to think of myself as a dearly loved child of a heavenly father. Otherwise the Christian life just doesn't work. I've discovered that most of my problems in life come from not practising this. I get stuck in places of anxiety and worry, fear. I get more resentful than I should or more upset about things that don't happen like I think they should. Nearly always when I look at what those things are, if I trace them back, it's because I am not practising that God is my Father. And unless you are governed by this idea, you can't live. You become too brittle, uh, too insecure. You can't cope with all the pressure of the world around you. You will crack. And ultimately, that's why I talked about this frame of reference for prayer. Ultimately, you see, how you pray will reveal how you understand the gospel. What you really believe this good news to be. According to John chapter 1, something profound and radical happens the moment that you become a Christian. But yet to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right, the authority to become children of God. There are two ways that you may relate to God. One way is you see, you say to God, I am committing myself to you, God. I will try my best. And because of that, I hope that you will hear my prayers. I think you owe me that. The other way you relate to God is you say, God, you are my father. I cannot do this and I don't deserve it. But Jesus has done it for me. Jesus has died for me. And so I am your child. And because I am your child, I know that you hear all my prayers. The Holy Spirit wants to live inside of you as a, a bubbling up constantly of peace, of joy that comes from knowing that you are embraced in a father's arms. And the amazing thing is, when it comes to prayer, if you think about this, the amazing thing that is, therefore, when it comes to prayer, God gives you everything that you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows. God gives you everything that you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows. That's how prayer works. He listens. He understands. He translates the knocking, the seeking, the asking. He sometimes redirects. And this is what is an offer, on offer to you and to me. And it, it's not just for you and me here. It, it's, it's for the whole of London. You know, there are eight million people who live in this city and each and every one of them was built for a heavenly father's love. 
No one lives well in this world who doesn't know that they are loved, who doesn't live loved. Ask, seek, knock. Jesus says, keep on coming after me. Be silent neither day or night. Call on me. Give yourselves no rest and give God no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Isaiah says. James in the New Testament says, you have not because you ask not. Paul says, I am wrestling day and night in prayer for you. Day and night I am wrestling for you that you may fulfil all the will of God for your lives. How else is the love and the righteousness of God going to march through our places of work? and our streets, and our community, and our friends, and our family, and this city, other than we tug at our Heavenly Father's sleeve, impudently, impermanently, relentlessly, discourteously, rudely. And when we do that, Jesus says, when we do that, He receives, He absorbs all our connections, all our prayers, And he does something which is explosive and effective for his glory and our good, but also towards the evangelization of the nation, the revitalization of the church, and the transformation of society. Let us pray. Amen. Should we stand together?